Good morning, and we welcome you to this live stream, or for some of you, you are listening to a recording. The Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen intends to deliver to you preaching and teaching from the text of Scripture. Should we preach or teach something not according to Scripture, we invite your response, and thank you for joining this live stream or recording. During this time, there are two things I want to put before you that at first may sound contradictory, but upon further study, these two things are in good harmony. In some passages in the Bible, there are these two words, fear not. I'll give you some of those passages in a few minutes. In other passages in the Bible, there is just the word fear as an imperative. So it may be when the reader encounters this, the question comes up, which is it, fear or fear not? At first, it may seem to be in conflict or a contradiction. If we go into this believing the Bible is God's truth, we know it cannot be a contradiction. What we know is we've got to dig deeper and look carefully into context. And that's what we're going to do this morning, and the study will take us to valuable real-life applications. And then I'll follow up at the 5 o'clock live stream. Here's what I'm talking about. In the Old Testament, in several places, fear is forbidden. Fear not. Joshua chapter 1 verse 4. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In several translations, fear not. When Isaiah wrote to prepare the people for captivity in Isaiah 41 verse 10, God said through the prophet, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will keep you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Psalms 34 and verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. In these Old Testament locations and many others, there is a kind of fear that is forbidden. Fear not. Likewise, in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 1 John 4 and verse 18, perfect love cast out fear. Romans 8 and verse 15, Paul says to Christians, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So, reading from the Old Testament into the New Testament, there are many passages where fear is forbidden and often captured by those two simple words, fear not. There is a kind of fear that is prohibited. In other passages, in both Testaments, there is a kind of fear that is absolutely necessary. Let's read some of those. Proverbs 1 and verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You're familiar with Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Fear God and keep his commandments. And Proverbs 
19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then in the New Testament, 1 Peter 1.17, conduct yourselves in fear. 1 Peter 2.17, fear God. Colossians 3.21, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So, there is a group of passages that say, fear not. And another group of passages that say, fear. Believing there is no contradiction, we look further. We slow down. We dig deeper. And I believe what we discover is the way to be fearless is to fear God. Let me explain. The kind of fear that is forbidden is being afraid of future crisis, obstacles, challenging duties, handicapped by worry, afraid to step out in life with full faith and courageous discipleship. There are times documented in the Old Testament when the people of God were paralyzed by fear of their enemies. They were struck with terror, intimidated by their enemies, slaves of fear, disheartened, distracted. Faith wasn't deep enough to sustain them, so they were stuck in anxiety and fear. To those people, the Lord said, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. What about the other group of passages where another kind of fear is presented in Scripture as essential, the fear of the Lord? What is that? It is love and respect you hold in your heart, knowing who you're dealing with. God. You are aware of his wrath against sin. You are grateful for his grace. You know he is with his people. It is love and respect you hold in your heart knowing who you're dealing with, the Almighty God. And it is that fear that enables you to not be afraid of earthly circumstances and obstacles. I say again, the way to be fearless is to fear God. Therefore, there is no contradiction or conflict. One kind of fear is forbidden. The other kind is essential. The way to be fearless in your faith here on earth is to fear God who is in heaven. The one who says, I'm with my people. Be strong and courageous. Conduct yourselves with godly fear, and that attitude of heart will provide the strength and courage necessary to be steadfast in the activity of your faith here on earth, no matter what comes at you. I want to turn our attention now to three simple applications of what we've studied. One, We can be stronger than we imagine, stronger than we are now if we spend more time with Christ and less time with crisis. More time with Christ and less time with crisis. To recognize a threat, 
to know we are near or in crisis as a people or nation, that's wise. It fulfills the call of God's word to be watchful and aware and alert, but to fixate on doom, to let fear consume your mind is spiritually detrimental. The Bible gives us the story of Noah, who knew very well that something bad was coming, but he wasn't paralyzed by anxiety or fear. He got ready for it. His heart was filled with godly fear, which became motive, a force to complete his work. And so in Hebrews 11, verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. I know we are living in a time of crisis, conflict, and moral degradation. I need to be alert. I need to understand the times, but I don't need to let fear cause me to be bitter, antagonistic, or depressed. Turn the news feed off and read about your Lord in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Make a list of what you can do to spread the truth of the gospel. Make contact with people you can serve. Don't let crisis dominate your thinking. Let Christ dominate your thinking. Philippians 2 says that we need to have the mind of Christ. Number two, do we need to be reminded that the serpent has been defeated? Christians live on the side of victory, not defeat. The world may get worse and this nation may fall, but Christians live on the side of victory because Jesus died for us to have victory. Do we believe that? The goal for us is heaven and we believe God will see us to that eternal place if we continue to walk with him. We are people with firm confidence that no matter what happens here on earth, no matter what happens to this nation, no matter what diseases may spread and kill, Christ won victory for us, and we must dwell on that. Shift your focus from crisis to Christ, and when you get focused on Christ, you're focused on victory and you can be strong and courageous. Discipline your mind to dismiss fear, doubt, and uncertainty. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and died for us. Number three, godly fear is more than just an attitude or conviction. It leads to obedience every time. I've said godly fear is about knowing who you're dealing with, respecting the Creator. Noah, I mentioned a minute ago, moved with godly fear. It wasn't just an attitude. It produced action. The ark was built. A godly life of reverent faithfulness is active, serving, loving, praying, working. I cannot sit around and grieve the downfall of the nation and think I'm helping anyone or serving the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that knowledge of God's will has to be applied. Do you remember hearing this from Ecclesiastes 12? 
13 and 14. Now all has been heard. Hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. I want to now invite you back to the live stream at 5 o'clock for my follow-up to this sermon, Building a Fearless Faith. If you're listening to this recording on JustCast or our website, the next sermon is the follow-up, Building a Fearless Faith. Thank you for listening.